Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I'm your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Mitzi Williams, pediatric foot and lower extremity surgeon who specializes in congenital deformities. She is the co-director of the Pediatric and Infant Foot Deformity Clinic at Kaiser Permanente in Oakland, California. She is also the attending surgeon at the San Francisco Bay Area Foot and Ankle Residency Program. In addition to being an accomplished surgeon, Dr. Williams is also the author of two children's books for Clubfoot. The first book, My Boots, is available now and provides accurate treatment information from a child's perspective. The second book, My Big Boots, will be available soon and is about clubfoot treatment in older children. Both books are dedicated to clubfoot families worldwide. I'm excited to talk with Dr. Williams today about her books and all things clubfoot related. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Williams. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you today. So why don't we just start with you telling us about how you began treating clubfoot and where and how long you've been doing it. Well, again, I mean, thank you for having me. It, it really is a pleasure. Um, you know, where, where my career began is, is probably much like many physicians you've spoken to. Mm-hmm. I think it, it started with a sense of inspiration, right? And many of us gained that inspiration from Dr. Ponsetti, mm-hmm. right? Many, many of us in training um, developed a sense of inspiration and, and really were inspired by um, where these children had come mm. and what those outcomes were and really inspired by somebody who believed, you know, truly in a different method, right? Mm. And right. so I think, I think my story is really not too different from many people. Mm. You know, I finished my training in 2008 and then started working here at Kaiser Permanente in Oakland, California since then. Mm. So I've, I've been in practice um, for almost 14 to 15 years here, at least in the Bay Area. Um, my practice is, again, primarily pediatrics and really specializing in the pediatric foot and lower extremity deformities. And as you know, mm-hmm. that means a great percentage of the children that I do treat or do see um, is clubfoot. Mm-hmm. And whether that's clubfoot in the infant, mm-hmm. um, whether those are clubfoot recurrences, relapses, progressive deformities mm-hmm. um, from the state or from this area. Mm-hmm. We see those amongst other deformities. So it really does occupy a pretty big percentage of the children that I do see mm-hmm. um, weekly. But again, I think when you ask, you know, how did it all begin? Mm-hmm. I think it starts with that. It starts with an interest. And then it also starts early on, I think, being inspired. And then also, yeah when you're inspired, you want to continue to make that difference, right? And like we were saying before, I think seeing children do well mm-hmm. and, and realize that you can really make a difference, not just in that child's life, but also a family's life mm-hmm. is very powerful, right? Yeah. And, and so I think that's why we keep doing, or at least I keep doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very impactful, the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And it's, inspiring for sure. Ponsetti obviously is like a hero of mine. I think a hero of (laughs) in general, right? Um, I think I can't tell you how many times I've thought 
oh, like I'm like I am so thankful for Dr. Ponsetti, right? It's mm -hmm. just he was an inspirational guy. And to think of how far it's come for clubfoot treatment since his method really became more generalized, right? More of the gold standard is amazing. And I think that it is so impactful mm -hmm. and you can see that you see it in the kids that you work with every day. And then you do see it in the families who need um, the treatment for their kids. So. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. and it's, you know, even from a, a, a surgical or from a medical standpoint, mm -hmm. you know, it is, it's, it's inspiring to see somebody believe that we could do better. Mm -hmm. Right. And then really back that up Mm -hmm. by research but again looking back at some of the mm -hmm. large grandiose postermedial releases and what we were doing for kids and where are they now you know where where are their parents now um and really pushing forward and really fighting for that right because it took a while for you know the yeah. great population or the entire community um to hold that to be true you're right yeah and he was there he kept saying it for so long right who is that quiet guy in the back? Like, That's right. I can just picture him in my brain, not that I ever got to meet him, but that guy oh. in the back that was like, yeah, I have this other way. Like mm -hmm. it's working and people kind of being like, who, who's that guy? That's right. That's right. I, I remember meeting him at a meeting mm. when I was a resident yeah. and I was very nervous to go up to him and his badge was, was backwards, but I knew exactly who he was. And I went up to him and I introduced him yeah uh, or introduced myself and he very quickly said I would love to have you come visit uh -huh. I would love to have anyone come visit that wants to learn mm -hmm. and I actually um, remember going back to my residency director and at the time it was really hard to leave mm -hmm. your residency you mm -hmm. have responsibilities to mm -hmm. go and obtain training but even my director very quickly said well it sounds like you need to do this yeah um and so thank goodness I actually went up wow. to introduce myself or had enough courage to do that. <laughs> oh, I've always heard so many stories of him being so welcoming, you know, mm -hmm. being like a leader and a teacher, like saying, come, come and I'm going to show you. And I want, I want you to learn and I want to teach and I want everybody else to, mm -hmm. um, he's just a believer. So what a great experience. I think so. And I think, um, he did it because he wanted children and families to do well. Yeah. Right? And so if he could build his team and really build that power, mm -hmm. um, he knew that he would change. He knew that he could influence change. So, yeah, that's an amazing, that must've <laughs> been an incredible experience. That's amazing. So. so what do you think is special or different about club foot treatment as compared to other lower extremity conditions that you treat? Hmm. I think I think probably one of the um, one of the easier answers to that with mm -hmm. Clubfoot is um, there are many visits. Mm -hmm. So um, you know there are many visits. Um, it, they can be rather intense. Parents and families are coming in mm -hmm. once a week. Mm -hmm. Once a week. Yeah. When you come in once a week with incredible social media presence of a deformity, right? You know that can make you nervous, right? I've got many parents that sit there and I know 
they are holding their breath almost when that cast is coming off, right? But every week, that's very intense, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And so number one, that takes um, being able to really work with families, talk through what they're feeling. Um, But at the same time, it also takes um, a certain person who wants to develop those relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest things with families is the relationship, not just the relationship um, with the child and throughout the years, Mm -hmm. but the relationship that you see with that family, right? right? Um, And how you feel that you've really improved an entire family's quality of life. Mm -hmm. So I think probably those things make treating Clubfoot um, very unique, Mm -hmm. right? We follow these kids um, Mm -hmm. at least until they're five, if not older, right? Mm -hmm. If they have other conditions or other things going on. Right. But at the same time, it's very intense. It's very Mm -hmm. intense sometimes for certain families and parents in the beginning, right? Because they're nervous Mm -hmm. and there's a great deal of information out there, um, which is, is good information. Yeah. But at the same time, there's information um, that can also make them nervous, you know? And so um, that makes this very unique. Yeah. I think that the social media aspect of it definitely has an impact on the anxiety levels of parents coming in. And I don't, it's not always good or bad. It's sometimes good. Like in our case, it really gave us some information. It was information that I needed to know. I was like, okay, I'm going to look out for these things Mm -hmm. to make sure things are, you know, it empowered me to find out more information. Um, but then on the flip side, you you don't realize that a lot of the people out there are really struggling and that they are meeting challenges that most likely you aren't going to meet. And yet, you know, they're reaching out for support because they're in a crisis situation, you know, mm-hmm. and they need help. And you, but when you just see feeds of constant um, issue after issue, you start to think, oh, like I'm really this is going to be really a lot more than I anticipated or, and then trying to decipher the information and what's good information, what's not so good information and trying to figure that out along with having a newborn, which is in itself difficult. And then, like you said, coming in for weekly appointments with caring for casts and, you know, not knowing what that, how much that's going to impact and what parts of caring for a newborn that is going to impact because the age is so young and moms are postpartum mm-hmm. during that phase when you get them that young and, right. you know, and you know, and that's where that relationship is incredibly important. Right. Yeah. And, and I always say that, you know, a lot of the children, uh, I have the luxury of a lot of referrals that I get, they come from genetics. And so mm-hmm. I oftentimes am talking to parents before baby is born. Mm-hmm. Right. So parents are <laughs> yeah. hearing me say a lot of information before baby is born, right. Mm-hmm. Before all of a sudden they have to change a diaper and someone mm-hmm. is crying. And so what I find to be really helpful is I give a lot of the same information over and over again. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if there's a question, mm-hmm. families know that I am available. So mm-hmm. I think the availability piece yeah. is really important. Um, so position. Important. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think the more available you are, 
the less anxiety that a parent or a family may may feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but that relationship is key. And yeah. so the one place where some of the social media feeds have been helpful, mm-hmm. it almost helps me with things that I need to say. Mm. Right? It helps me with things that I need to say mm. that might be scary, right? right? Or yeah. might pose a question. Yeah. Um, and so in a way, it's actually helped me mm. change just a little bit um, some of the things that I feel like I need information sheets on. Yeah. Or two, how do I present that information in a means that parents can truly understand, yeah. right? And yeah. they feel comfortable asking questions. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's helped me in a sense with um, what all needs to be said and when does it need to be said? Right. Yeah, that's a great point. I think it's really valuable information of what parents are truly, what kind of things that they're asking about and what mm-hmm. they're, what challenges they're facing that they may not be telling you, right? No. Or concerns yeah. that they have. I think that's a, was a big, it's a big learning curve for a lot of parents to feel mm-hmm. like, oh, I, some doctors aren't very accessible mm-hmm. and, but you're also kind of conditioned to go like, well, I'm not supposed to ask this unless, you know, I don't want to bother somebody. I, Mm -hmm. you know, the advocating piece is a learning curve for parents too. And Mm -hmm. they may not go, oh, this is something I should, I should talk to my doctor about this. Right. Right. You're like, well, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to like make it seem like I'm complaining or I'm putting it out. Right. I I think a lot of parents do, you know, yeah, they have to change their mindset a little bit about what, um, what they can and can't ask about. Like, I don't want to bother somebody, but I also, I, I have a question for a reason and mm-hmm. I, and I, know, my doctor's there to answer. Right. And again, I, I think that that comes, that comes back to trust and it comes back to relationship mm-hmm. and from a medical standpoint we want people to ask questions. Mm -hmm. We want to squash anxiety, right? Or at the same time, if something is wrong, Mm -hmm. we want to catch it early, Mm -hmm. right? And so in our mind, those questions, we want those directed to us. Um, We we want the best outcome Mm -hmm. for every little one that we see. Mm -hmm. And so those outcomes, we know that um, parents are seeing a lot more at home than what Mm -hmm. we are seeing in the office during those visits. So, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So you heard it here, listeners. Okay. (laughs) Ask your question. That's right. And I like, I needed to put that out there. It's very, she said it, you guys ask the questions and on a recent podcast with Dr. Kelly, he kind of said the same thing. Like, I want to oh, hear, like, I want to know, I <laughs> want, right. because I want to help. I don't want my family struggling no. and feeling like they can't come no. to me. I want, I want to be used as a resource. Right. That's what I'm here for. That's right. Um, I mean, it's, it's very, um, it is very hard as a parent to do all the things you need to do, right. Mm-hmm. When you're worried about something, right. Yeah. So we know, we know as a, we know in medicine, we cannot take all the worry away, Yeah, but we can take little pieces away. We can mm-hmm. take little pieces away, but we can't take it all away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like that's such a good point. So what would you say is your favorite part about clubfoot treatment? And mm-hmm. then on the flip side, what do you think is the most difficult part? Um, okay. 
I'm going to answer the most difficult first because this is, this is, this is probably going to be what many people say, Mm -hmm. at least, at least from my standpoint. Okay. The the most difficult piece. So there's a great deal with Clubfoot that um, is going to be outside of a family, a parent, a caregiver's role or control. Mm -hmm. The one thing we can control is the use of bracing. It's the sheer use of oftentimes Mm -hmm. the boots and the bar, right? Some form of bracing. Because what we know is that even when a foot is well corrected, Mm -hmm. even when a foot is supple, Mm -hmm. when we have a young person who is outside of those braces, you know, um, under the age of four, and at a point with incredible growth that's going to take place, Mm -hmm. we know that the risk of recurrence or relapse mm-hmm. or progressive deformity, yeah. we know all of these things can happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, that, that really was the, one of the pushes for this children's book mm-hmm. was to really just purely highlight one thing we can do to minimize those recurrences because mm-hmm. recurrences and progressive deformity and relapses, that's not only hard on, um, on children and families, mm-hmm. It's actually really hard to treat. It can mm-hmm. be harder to treat. And mm-hmm. for us, we hate it mm-hmm. because we put so much in to these outcomes and wanting children to do incredibly well that if we can control that one piece, mm-hmm. then we know we can minimize some of the things we see. So by far, that that probably is the one frustrating piece, right? Is Yeah. If, if we could control that and use those to minimize some of the things that we could um, control in, in that recurrence or relapse world. Yeah. There are so many things that I enjoy and I, and I have a feeling that, um, you know, the co-authors of my book would say exactly the same thing. I mean, the things that are inspiring are really watching families, um, you know, number one, adore their child and two, and two, um, realize that the vast majority of these children are going to do very well. Mm -hmm. Right. So taking them Mm -hmm. from a place of worry Mm -hmm. and concern and moving them into a place where now they get to really focus more on their child and their own happiness and all the things that their child can do Mm -hmm. instead of being fearful of what might my child not be able to do, right? right. And yeah, there are all parents mm-hmm. have all these lists in their heads. And again, we can't take all the worry away, mm-hmm. but there definitely is a um, there are definitely moments in which we watch parents move into a better place. Yeah, and that's lovely. And then, mm-hmm. honestly, it's the child. Mm-hmm. It really, is being able to have a child. Mm-hmm that has a condition mm-hmm. in which we know we can improve upon, right? And we know we can improve their entire quality of life, right? Mm-hmm. Not just physical mm-hmm. aspects, yep. but probably mental aspects, mm-hmm. right? Everything that comes with um, mm-hmm. uh, that condition. And so I think that that's, you know, one of the more incredible parts of being in the role that I'm in. And honestly, just getting to a point where I see children walk in on their own. I know, you know, I had such a big deal. Yeah, I had, I can think, you know, they come in clusters, but again, we had about 15, three-year-olds and it's just incredible. It's inspiring to watch kids walk in and ask me, 
what stickers do I have today? And that is the yeah. biggest problem that oh, I have yeah. to come up with is what oh, yeah. sticker do I have? Yeah. <laughs> it's a pro it's it's right? a big deal. Yeah. Yes. And I, I welcome I welcome that problem. But yeah. um but so there there are so many aspects of it that um are in, incredible, you yeah. know, and and really keep me and I'm sure keep many people in the metal com community doing what they do. Yeah. So I think it's what makes Clubfoot special. It's that relationship and watching the growth of the child. I've heard that a lot is being able to see them yep. move through life and do all of these incredible things um, that, yeah, you're right. But I never thought of it like that. The transition from the fear of what you were afraid they weren't going to be able to do mm -hmm. to now like being able to witness all the things that they are doing. That's right. And I, yeah. you know, I, uh, you know, I mentioned this to you and I have no hesitancy in, in saying it to parents. I say it over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those, those phases that parents go through, mm -hmm. um, you know, granted my, my son, my, I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. My six-year-old mm -hmm. did not have clubfoot. Mm -hmm. I told you this before, you know, the point in my career where I feel like I became a physician is mm -hmm. when my six-year-old was born three months early mm -hmm. and I had been operating and didn't even realize that I was going into labor, you wow. know, and, and called my OB and drove myself in and realized that we were going to deliver my son three months early. Wow. And he, he was born at one pound and had heart mm -hmm. surgery at two months of age. And you know, multiple surgeries. Mm -hmm. And if I think about who I was at that point in time, like I said, with a little bit of medical knowledge, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I worried. And I thought about all the things that my child wasn't going to do. Mm -hmm. And if I picked up every single publication or paper, you know, I, en I envisioned all the things my child might not be doing. Mm -hmm. And I wondered how I got there. And um, I, I think of that moment because I think of my six-year-old now Mm -hmm. And um, my six-year-old doesn't realize that he made me a physician, but I actually really believe he did. Mm -hmm. My my child is above and beyond what I thought he would have been able to do. Um, mm -hmm. But being on that other side is why I say mm -hmm. that when you have a child that has any condition, yeah, yeah, doesn't matter what it is, diagnosis, right. condition, um, any difference, worry. Mm -hmm. you worry mm -hmm. and you go through moments and you know at times you probably even wish it was you and not your child mm -hmm. and those are very real emotions and feelings you know and yeah. so taking a parent and moving them out of that yeah is is incredible and being able to witness it through the whole mm -hmm. thing right because That's of the right. longevity of treatment it's not like you performed a surgery and you're you know, a small stint of recovery and then the patient's on and you're hoping that right. they're meeting all the expectations, but this you're like checking right. in and seeing and watching that growth and early right. development is just. And, you know, many, many children that we see too, um, you know, ha have other conditions. Mm -hmm. Children mm -hmm. are resilient. It mm -hmm. is impressive to me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, you know, I think about all the other conditions we treat, you know, arthrogryposis, um, mm-hmm. myelomeningocele, spina bifida. These kids are incredibly resilient and mm-hmm. powerful mm-hmm. and their families are inspiring. They truly are inspiring. Mm-hmm. And so um, that population, those loving groups of families and kids, yeah. um, you know, there's a sense of resiliency and, and strength and, mm-hmm. and it, it really is, um, an incredible relationship that we get to have. Yeah. So if you could tell parents who are just starting treatment, one thing, what would it be? One thing. Yeah. So the person listening, who's like, "Uh, I just found out my child's going to be born with club foot, like just diagnosed. What's like the thing you want them to know? Um, probably, so probably the, the number one thing, mm-hmm. you know, to remember and to hold on to okay. is going to be um, the vast majority of children with this technique mm-hmm. are actually going to do very well. Mm-hmm. And um Most families are going to be very good about determining where they seek care. Mm -hmm. But I think what families have to remember is that uh, most physicians want what's best. We want what's best for that child. We We want what's best for the family. And so having that open conversation, honesty, I think all of that communication is going to be important even when they're nervous, right? Mm-hmm. So one, believing, believing in the method, mm-hmm. and then two, believing in communication mm-hmm. and asking questions. I think all of those things make for a very sound relationship mm-hmm. um, and a trusting relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that's great advice. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the books that you... Well, you have the one that's published. Congratulations on that called My Boots. Mm-hmm. You have another one that's coming yep. out. <laughs> so let's talk about like what gave you the idea to write the book. Um, so this, you know, for me, it was a, it was a no brainer that mm-hmm. I needed to write this book. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason for that, again, is I see, I see a lot of children in infancy treated and I treat Mm -hmm. them when they are born, but I also see a lot of children, um, in the state of California, multiple States all over Mm -hmm. with a lot of recurrences Mm -hmm. and recurrences, progressive deformity relapse. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what I realized, um, is that there is information that's given to families Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe that many physicians are excellent with the mm-hmm. information they give families, mm-hmm. but to be frank, it's a lot of information and so much information. right. And think yeah. about it when you're yeah. a parent, especially a first time mm-hmm. parent, yeah. you're learning how to change a diaper. Mm-hmm. You are trying to figure out how to take a shower. Mm. You are trying to sleep yeah. and, and you don't sleep. Guess what? Yeah. Yeah, you don't remember all that information. You you, there's uh-huh. just no way. There's yeah. no way to take in everything. And then mm-hmm. at, the, at the same time, now you've got all these appointments, right? You've got appointments 
you might even have multiple kids. Your child might even not just be seeing maybe one of us. They might be seeing other specialists. Right. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my hope was looking at some of the recurrences that I was seeing mm-hmm. and basically simply asking questions. It's a simple question as to when did the, when did the braces stop? Mm. And realizing that a lot of the, the braces stopped very early. Mm. Uh, some braces maybe even stopped within a year, maybe, mm. maybe a couple years, um, realizing that some information just got lost, mm. you know, um, but also realizing that um, families that were coming in and out, it was hard. Everything mm-hmm. is very hard and wondering how much of even what I thought I said, well, how much did they actually really hold on to? Mm-hmm. And so I figured, you know, what better way than to write a children's book mm-hmm. that one either allows parents to hold on to something mm-hmm. picture wise word wise, it could be as simple as, Hey, I'm reading this to my child in the evening, but it also reiterates, you know, the things that, um, Dr. Dobbs and Dr. Kaiser and myself found really important, Mm -hmm. maybe little things that parents could do to hopefully minimize, you know, recurrences. Mm -hmm. And then there were two other reasons we realized is, um, it also created a sense of communication or awareness with siblings, you know, how even, even yeah. when I have some of these genetic talks, how do I talk to my other children about mm-hmm. what this means? Mm-hmm. And so it also created an avenue for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, you know, the other piece of that is, is really inclusiveness. You know, I have a, a lot of children that I, I see here mm-hmm. and then I go over to pediatric physical therapy for their rehab and I'll, I'll visit and just kind of see how are things going. It's a sense of inclusiveness with schools, mm-hmm. um, especially for children that, that might, you know, with the second, but might be undergoing Maybe right. they need a subsequent release. Maybe they mm-hmm. need a tendon transfer. You know, we always hope they don't need more, but they might need more. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it helped with inclusiveness within schools, but also mm-hmm. how does that child um, understand the condition in and of itself? Mm-hmm. And two, how do I explain this to my child? And how do I even navigate a surgical pathway if my child needs a surgery mm-hmm. in a not so scary way? Mm-hmm. So, you know, book number one was very easy. And then the, the fun facts, I think, really highlight the things that, you know, we as, as surgeons and physicians were hoping families would hold on to and really remember, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then the book number two was our attempt at really trying to make mm-hmm. a surgical pathway, which is a new experience for children and for parents, mm-hmm. how do we make that too less scary, realizing that it's, it is going to cause some, you know, some fear. Yeah. It's new. yeah. So, and as the kid is older, um, they have more understanding. And so they're going to need a way to be, have things explained that's developmentally appropriate, but they have a bigger grasp on what's happening. Mm-hmm. And if they are, you know, of school age, which most of those ones that I'm seeing that mm-hmm. you're seeing probably are right. How do they explain that, um, to their peers and how right. do we include their school mm-hmm. and how do we give them the language to explain themselves? Because the more that I do this work, 
the more that I start to realize that, and even just parenting my own child who has a club foot, she's going to reiterate the things that I say to her, Mm -hmm. right? So that's what she's going to take in the rhetoric that I say and do around her club foot and the way that I choose to speak with her about it and explain things now that she's older is what is how she's going to explain it to her world. Right. I also think, um, and I think Dr. Dobbs, you know, would agree with me on this one too, is I think that the, um, the trust and the relationship and the bond with the child, you know, especially before surgery or before something that could actually cause some discomfort, this book is helpful um, Mm -hmm. because if we can talk to children and make things less scary, then hopefully we also reduce that fear Mm -hmm. for a point after surgery where maybe there is some tenderness, maybe they do feel something, right? But they have this relationship with their doctor that isn't new and it's not scary, right? Mm -hmm. And they've got something that they could look through that they mm-hmm. identify with, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. the, the characters, we, we did our best to make mm-hmm. them somewhat resemble us, but, um, yeah, yeah. you did a good job. Yeah. So, just, and I think yeah. it's that important part of like just representation. It's mm-hmm. such a big part of childhood. And mm-hmm. as we've, as they grow, being able to see themselves, in other things and being able to connect with that and go, Oh, like this is, this is, while it's a boy on the cover of the book, it's, it's a kid who's wearing boots and bar. And every time my daughter sees anything where there's a kid wearing boots and bar, Uh she's like, Oh, that person, that that's, uh, that's a boots and bar. You know, that's, um, that's what we want. Like we, we, I want a child to feel empowered by it, right? Like mm-hmm. I almost want them to have a sense of strength yeah. from it, not the opposite. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that messaging starts, can especially start with the with the doctors and then the books that they're given and then the parents and how they're choosing to speak. Because I definitely, my daughter definitely thinks, spend <laughs> a lot of time talking about what makes her special. Yeah. Clubfoot's the number one on the top of the list. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, So, but giving parents that language too is so, I think is so valuable. Mm -hmm. So you talk about um, partnering with the other doctors, Dr. Dobbs and Dr. Kaiser. What, what was that partnership like and how did that come about? Um. So I, I can't, I cannot say enough good things about mm-hmm. Matt Dobbs. I mean, if anything, he's been, he's actually been a very incredible mentor. So we mm-hmm. talked a lot about inspiration from Dr. Ponsetti, mm-hmm. but I could, I could easily say that about Matt Dobbs mm-hmm. in the world today. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really think that he's been an incredible inspiration to many of us who, who treat children um, mm-hmm. and not just clubfoot, but vertical talus amongst other mm-hmm. conditions. I think he's mm-hmm. been an incredible pioneer mm-hmm. um, and learning um, various techniques, especially with complex and or atypical mm-hmm. clubfoot. So, right. you know, he, he was an easy collaboration because mm-hmm. he's, he's just been a, a nice mentor for me. And at the same time, he and I had already uh, gone through writing various surgical textbook chapters. Gotcha. Um, 
And so we joked back and forth because I think we actually went through and edited this children's book much more. I'm sure than we did those surgical textbook chapters. <laughs> um, but he he was an easy collaboration, mm-hmm. you know, for me. And you know, he's part of the lecture circuit with me, so very very easy. And mm-hmm. you know, I try to make it a point to to go and visit him as yeah. well as Kathy. And I think they play a powerful role um, with helping children here. Mm-hmm. And then Dr. Kaiser, um, also very easy to collaborate with. He mm-hmm. works at the same hospital as me. Um, he too is a pediatric orthopedic surgeon. He specializes a great deal in neurologic conditions. Mm-hmm. And he and I um, partner up a great deal because we might have bilateral cases. Mm-hmm. Um, or we might, he might have more of a proximal condition he's working with, or these kids may have other things going on, other joints. And so again, he and I already work so much with each other in the same hospital setting, um, Mm -hmm. that he too was, was very easy to work with. But yeah, if I look through all the edits of this book, I am certain that we did more texting, more edits back and forth on these children's books than we ever did our surgical textbooks. I'm pretty sure. I know it, it's incredible. You know, I heard the same thing from Betsy uh, Miller, who wrote the Parents' Guide to Clubfoot. She said the book that she co-authored with Jill Harold, the Hip Hop Array for Brooklyn. Oh yeah. She was like, that oh, was yeah. the children. The writing of children's books is just a different. It's it a whole different deal, it and is. then the illustrations on top of it. Yep. Like it you is. got you, you got to find the right fit, and it's yeah. It, I don't know if you have to do that for, you know, um, for surgical text. It, that was a lot easier than this. <laughs> so much easier than this. Well, I'm so happy that you guys took on the project and uh, pushed through the constant <laughs> rounds of edits and everything in order to bring it available because I really do think it's going to be a valuable resource for parents. I think the more things that are out there that have accurate medical information, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a piece, but says it in a way that parents are going to be able to take in Mm -hmm. and remember and is non, um, I mean, I guess scary. Do you know what I'm saying? Like non-fear inducing kind of like, okay. Right it's educational and empathetic at the same time. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we just wanted the information to be easy. Mm -hmm. We wanted it to resonate with parents, with Mm -hmm. children, Mm -hmm. siblings, friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like I said, in the midst of it all, right. When you are just really focusing on feeding your child while we're casting, and you're trying to keep it all in. And I know. And maybe you're, you're hoping, so right. hey, my, my child just maybe sleeps through this one. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever it works for families at home, they have mm-hmm. something they can go to. Even if it's as simple as I'm going to read it at night to myself when my child is asleep in my arms. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to reiterate the things that we want you to remember mm-hmm. that aren't so scary. Mm-hmm. Um and at the same time, you know, it, it gives you some facts, but yeah. it also, it, it, you know, our, our websites are there. And so mm-hmm. if people do become fearful mm-hmm. and they need more information, mm-hmm. that's available too. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, what, 
Let's talk about that. The contact. If someone's listening in your area looking for club foot treatment, where would they be able to contact you or your team mm. to find out more information? So um, most people listening are, are going to know um, Dr. No. Dobbs is readily available. Yeah. He's yeah. Very accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida. Mm-hmm. And then for myself, again, I practice at a, a large institution, a large HMO out in, in Oakland, California at Kaiser Permanente. So Kaiser members have very easy access. Most yeah. patients are referred anyway. Mm-hmm. Others will um, come um, with other insurance plans or pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So again, that's always an option. And at the same time, at least where I practice, we've got fantastic institutions, at least in the Bay area too. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, great. And what about people who want more information about the book and where they can purchase it? Where should they go? So if, if anybody needs help um, finding the book Mm -hmm. or myself, you can simply just go to drmitsywilliams.com. And at that website, there's a lot of information. There's information on the children's books, which are available at Barnes and Noble or Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and my recommendation, honestly, is um, sometimes the pricing for independent booking books like this, mm-hmm. it can fluctuate a little bit with Amazon. So mm-hmm. pricing wise, Barnes and Noble will be very consistent. Yeah. But again, um, go to doc- drmitsywilliams.com and you guys can find it there. Or if anybody would like any of the surgical textbooks that we've written too. Okay. That didn't take us that long to edit. (laughs) That's available there too. Um, The other nice thing about that website. So if anybody has questions on stretching, Mm -hmm. if anybody has questions on just simple handouts or Mm -hmm. very, very basic information um, on other conditions, it's there too. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great resource. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to thank you so much, Dr. Williams, for being a guest today. No, I um, I thank you, and you know, I think it's really important. You know, people listening that, uh, you know, the families, the kids we treat, we say it over and over again. It's it is inspiring mm-hmm. um, in many ways. So, I think you just hit on a lot of the essence of how I feel about clubfoot treatment and the importance of that trusting relationship with your doctor and having that open line of communication and how I just cannot underscore that enough for parents. And I feel like you were just preaching to the choir. For uh-huh. that. Like, <laughs> Cause I really do think that's such a key. I think parents get yeah. so overwhelmed. They've, like you said, it's such a good point that we're taking in so much information, but we have a newborn and we're exhausted and we're trying to do basic necessities to get by. So even if we have the best of intentions to remember all of that information, so you got to give yourself a break if you forget Absolutely. or if something happens and not, and then don't be afraid to reach out to your doctor and ask right. questions. That's exactly right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there, there's not going to, there's not going to be one person, you know, who we all want what's best, especially for that child. Uh-huh. And so all of those questions, if there's anything that we could troubleshoot early, we would much rather do it early uh-huh. than find out we could have prevented something. Right. Okay. At the end of the day, 
you want, everybody wants to be successful. And so much of club foot treatment success is dependent on the bracing. Mm -hmm. And it's important for parents to hear they're not alone because it can sure feel like you're alone when you're at home and your baby's screaming at two o'clock and you're like, what am I supposed to do? That's right. right. But you're not alone. And and like I said, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the bracing is, it is, it's, it's one thing that parents can do, Mm -hmm. um, to Mm -hmm. help. But I also think it's really important that parents recognize that sometimes parents do all the right things, Mm -hmm. you know, they do all the right things. They brace, they stretch, Mm -hmm. do all the right things. And, um, you know, children bring very different entities to the table. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's really important to just take a step back and realize that there may be different reasons um, Mm -hmm. for why you know, recurrence or something took place. There's only so much that's in parental control or caregiver control. So, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, it was such a privilege to talk to you and thank you for sharing your expertise. And I loved hearing about the book and all the work that you're doing okay. for the Clubfoot community. So, no, thank you for having me. And thanks to everyone who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share and subscribe with anybody that you think would be interested or would find value in it. And as always, if you need to get in contact with me, you can do so through my website at marinehoff.com or my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time. <laughs>